Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. My name is Mr. Crit. And on this episode of the Bait Mix Podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about river fishing, fishing in the river. There's a place not too far from where I live, um, probably half hour or so. Yeah. It's called Lawson's Fork. And uh, I wanted to talk about it because, uh, you know, I had been fishing over there a few times over the years. And not too long ago, I was doing, you know, doing a little research online, trying to find a little bit more information about it. And I didn't, it's really hard to find information about Lawson's Fork. Yeah. And I, part of that might be, I don't know if Lawson's Fork is a local name or I don't know what's up with that, but I can't find it. Even Googling it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Lawson's Fork there, apparently um, they've had like a, a steel mill there or something. And it's right on, it's, it's like a little small creek that feeds into Broad River at some point here in South Carolina, uh, in Spartanburg County there. And I don't, it's not like super long or super big. It's kind of small. Yeah. It and, can't be more than what, like 40 feet across where you fish in? Yeah, if that. Yeah, yeah. it's not very and big. There's some bigger spots and some smaller spots, but. Apparently at Lawson's Fork, you know, back in the 17, what, 80s or 90s, there was a yeah. part of the, what what war was it again? Oh, it was the, uh, the Revolutionary War. Was that what it was? Yeah. There was a, there was a, like a little skirmish there and it yeah. was called like the Battle of Lawson's Fork or something. And, and one of the, the things there, there's like a, when you come down, there's a bridge there where Walford College there in South Carolina, apparently... They they own a good bit of that property. Yeah, it seemed to be referencing some sort of general or person like Mr. Wofford himself that owned that or was part of that whole skirmish. Yeah, I don't know how all that all goes together. Don't know the real details on that, but but anyway, there's a nice place there where you can pull in. People go down there below the little. I guess it's like a small dam. Yeah. And there's a bunch of rocks down there. People go and they sit on in the sun and and hang out, take pictures. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a popular picture spot, and it's a fun place to hang out. Yeah, and the little bridge there is kind of nice. I mean, it looks cool. I mean, I've gone out there and, you know, taken a few photos, and we've dumped some bait in there from time to time. Yeah. And the little Lawson's Fork. Well, you know, when we go fishing other places, if we have extra bait, over the years I've dumped some in there, just like a little bit of rice or grits or Yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit over time. Now, when I first started going there, like I was saying, I, I couldn't really get a lot of information about whether there's any fish to be had in that small Lawson's Fork Creek. I mean, I knew there was some in there, but I yeah. didn't know how I think much. most people around here were just fishing for bass or brim, like really small fish. I don't think anytime we asked somebody, they never knew much about carp. Yeah. Well, it being a, a small river like that or a small or, or good-sized creek, everybody you want to look at it, there's almost always some catfish or carp in those type little creeks or rivers or whatever. But I don't know that there's a ton. Yeah. You know, there, there, there is some, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what the odds would be of me catching one down there. But, but before we get into talking about the fishing and, and, and how we did down there, when we went down to Lawson's Fork, I wanted to mention a couple of things. Because there was an old steel mill there at one time. One night, I'm going to tell you a little, this little story. We were driving down to Lawson's Fork. Sometimes I I would drive down that way and just see if anybody was down there fishing. And uh, if they if they're down there, I'll stop and ask them how they're doing, see if they're catching anything worthwhile. You know, just to kind of get a feel for how they're doing. And and I've talked to the guy that you know kind of takes care of the grounds down there a couple times. And 
He was telling me about, you know, where the deep spots in the little creek or river there are and where the shallower spots were and all this other stuff. And we were just chit-chatting. But anyway, I was going down there the other night, and uh, there's this old building across the way from where the little loop is there at the bridge where people park. And it was after dark. I mean, it was dark out there. Oh, yeah. It gets really dark out there. Oh, yeah. And uh, and, I, and I pulled up, and I heard something from the little... There's The building across the way is kind of run down. I mean, the doors are falling in. Yeah, it's a little scary. I wouldn't go in there if you paid me. Right. It's pretty dark, and it looks kind of creepy. I yeah. mean, you know, weeds and grass and vines and stuff are all growing up over there. I mean, it must have some, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess... Maybe that, some sort of historical type building at one point it was used for whatever the steel production was at the time yeah i guess so i don't know but they but it, it is kind of kind of a falling down now but anyway we were driving around there just just as kind of like a fun fact and one night we heard uh, like a dragging metal or a ladder like you get one of those tall ladders and you go and you, and you extend it it'll go clang 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 and then you'll shut it down yeah yeah and dragging of heavy metal inside that little building in the pitch dark. I mean, mind you, if you had seen it, if you ever go by there and you happen to see this building, it is pitch dark in there. You can absolutely see nothing. There were no lights and no people around that I was aware of. I couldn't hear anybody talking. I don't know why anybody would be in there anyway. Like I said, the, the doors were half falling in. It, it's just pitch dark of nothingness in That's there. That's spooky. And you could hear dragon metal in there. I mean, it was loud. Yeah, I don't it, like that. I mean, it sounded like somebody was in there dragging metal around, and it was it was pitch dark out there. That's what I do in the dark is just drag <laughs> around metal, <laughs> extend my ladder. So if you're down there fishing and you happen to hear that, I mean, that'll get you kind of worked up a little bit. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I don't know if I could stay fishing after that. I drove up, I pulled my, rolled my window down, and I thought, what in the world is that? And I heard this dragon metal sound, and I was a little creeped out by that. Yeah. But it, it made me wonder if that was, you know, somebody actually in this building in the dark, dragging metal around, or was it some kind of ghost or something? It was really weird. Yeah. You know? I, either way, don't go alone, maybe? <laughs> don't go hang out in that building. Yeah, it's not a good spot to hang out. But no, it was a little creepy. I just thought I'd mention that for people that might go by there and fish because I was like, what the heck in the world is that? But I did. I heard dragging. And it was really it was surprisingly loud. Like I said, it wasn't like I heard it once. It was multiple times I heard it. Yeah, that's even weirder, really. And it would do it, and then it would do it again, and do it again. It was it was really strange. But anyway, but anyway, I couldn't find a lot of information down there at the river, and I had been baiting it up here and there, and I had gone in and threw a hook in there once or twice. And when you're fishing in the river, and the part of the country where I live, it's real popular when you're fishing for carp. People use dough or pack bait around here a good bit. Right. Now, in other parts of the world, they use boilies and that kind of thing. Well, I had made a simple boilie to use to fish down at Lawson's Fork. And, and boilies have advantages in rivers. Right. Because the current sometimes on a pack bait, it's not that you can't use it. But it does seem to wash your bait away. Yeah, I think I remember we had a lot of problems early on, even just getting the line to stay still, because it can get pretty rough out yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of do have to go up to a little bit higher, you know, heavier sinker. Yeah. And people use all kinds of things in the rivers, like you can do a search online for a river rig, which right. is basically a heavy lead weight Yeah, with like a tip on it, and then the line, it, it moves freely, and they'll 
keeps the lineup off the bottom a little bit in case there's some snags, but um, you'll see people using that type rig in the rivers to just kind of hold their line. Yeah. Otherwise, it tends to roll, and that becomes an issue. Yeah, I, there have been several times where I think, oh, was that a was that a hit? Did I just is that a fish? It's just rolling down the river. It was my bait. <laughs> right. So you definitely have to up your weight more yeah. than what you would think. But anyway, we had made some simple bullies, and bullies have some advantages because, again, you can do a search online for what a hair rig is. Mm-hmm. It's a little easier to watch a video on that than me to explain. But basically, right. it's just a a small piece of line that sticks off the back of your hook and you thread of, if you've never seen a boilie, it's basically a dough ball. Right. I mean, it's a dough ball and you boil these, they have eggs in them and that keeps them kind of hard. Yeah. And since the eggs make them kind of firm and hard, you can slide it on this line with a little threading needle, put a stop in it so it don't slide off. And then when a carp come along and they pick up this boilie and they suck it up into their mouth, the hook generally is already facing in the right direction to set a good hook. Right. It's pretty convenient. I think I think it could be wrong, but I think it's more popular in like European countries maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah. You'll see it overseas in Great Britain a good bit and that kind of thing. But people use them in the United States too, but I don't think it's as popular. Yeah. Over here. Now, not that people don't use them over here, they do, but I think in certain parts of the world it's it's a, you know much much more popular. Right. You know, where I live in the southeastern United States, pack bait is king. Yeah. You know, you see a lot of pack bait around here. So, um, but anyway, we were, we decided to, to make us some cheap boilies and you can make a cheap boilie, a uh, simple recipe with just, you can buy generic cornflakes, right? A can of generic cream corn. Doesn't have to be anything great. It's a couple packs of Kool-Aid if you wanted whatever flavor you're interested in, or you can use snow cone flavor or you can use jello you know, oh, yeah. powder jello or some sort or just about anything to make your flavor and some flour. Yeah. I mean, that's all you need. You don't need much. And basically, well, you do need two eggs. About two eggs. Don't forget about two eggs. Yeah, don't forget that. But you take these, and you can blend the, the cornflakes up. That's considered your base. I mean, that's your base. If you're making a bait, generally, just about any bait that you make, you have a base that you start with. Right. And when you're making a boiling out of cornflakes, and that's your main base, then that's your base product. So you take the cornflakes, you take about a third of a bag, and you crunch them up by hand, or you can put them in a blender for a few seconds. Right. Just to kind of get them a little bit finer. Right, but not not like a powder powder. That Don't go that far. Yeah, just to, just to, just to kind of get them crunched up pretty good. Yeah, you want it to look like the, the bottom of the cereal bag you don't want to eat. That's <laughs> yeah. about the way you want it. The part it. that's left over, yeah. right, something like that. But just remember, anytime you're mixing 99% of the baits out there, you mix all the liquids and, and flavors together. Then you mix, of course, all the dry together. And then you combine them to get the right consistency you're looking for. Right. And and that's pretty much the key. But um, when we were going down there, we had made, like I said, an orange-flavored boiling. Mm. An orange-flavored boiling. So what we had done is we'd taken cornflakes, some flour, cream corn, and um, some orange Kool-Aid. Right. And that's pretty much all we used. I, we might have put a dab of maybe a, a, like a little tiny bit of some R&W flavoring. If you're not from this part of the country, you probably haven't heard of R&W, but it's popular at the Pay Lakes. Yeah. It's just like concentrated flavor somehow. Yeah, orange flavor, like a citrus yeah. flavor. I think I might have put a dab of that in there. But orange seems to do well in these rivers around here for some odd reason. But uh, anyway... 
I'd went down there and I'd made just a few of these that we had made. We rolled them into balls. You boil them for about five minutes. And then you take them out of the water. They'll Once they're floating and they've been in there about four or five minutes and you just let them cool. Mm-hmm. And you, you can really, you should, you should really let them cool overnight if you can. They're much better if you leave them sitting overnight. Right. But we had gone down there and I had put, in, I had put, uh, put a bully on a hair rig and I had taken a cheap $10 rod and reel. <laughs> I had, I had a really cheap red Walmart $10 rod and reel that I used for brim or whatever, you know? Oh yeah. But I didn't hardly take any equipment. Yeah. I was just going to go see if I could catch a car. Yeah. You got to try it out. So I go down there about 7 PM and I threaded that bully on and I tossed it about three quarters of the way out in the water. Now there's a blog on the website at, at uh, Bait Mix, and it has um, it. It talks about Lawson's Fork, and it ha- it actually shows the exact location we were fishing at. Right. And also, we'll be attaching the bait recipe uh, here shortly if anybody wants to go get that recipe. But again, it's super simple. Right. Super yeah. simple bait recipe. But I was sitting there talking to one of my sons, and we were there's like a little beach there where people pull the canoes out. And I was saying, I don't know how many carp are in this spot. And by the time we were talking, I'd probably only been there 20 or 30 minutes, but I got to run. I didn't even have a net. That's not good. No, that's not good. So I got this $10 rod, and it's a good thing it was the the creek's not very wide because I did hang a carp. Yeah. And if it had been wider in any way, or like a big lake, it would have ran all of my line off this spool. I mean, because I didn't have, I had like 12-pound test line on this cheap little $10, $10 rod. Sounds which like is, a perfect scenario to me. It, which is plenty enough to get him in. But yeah. the problem is, in a bigger lake, I would have ran out of line because oh, the spool sure. was super tiny. Yeah, it does not hold much. No, I would have ran out. No, I would have had no way I would have gotten him in because even if he hadn't broke the line in my drag was set, he would have ran all of my line off. Oh, yeah, like all 30 yards. But he couldn't do that in Lawson's fork. It's too small. Yeah. So this thing was splashing and pulling around, and I didn't. And, and a guy came up in a, in his pickup truck, and he goes, "Hey, I have a net you can use." <laughs> and I said, "Really?" He says, "I got a net." I said, "Awesome." So he comes down there and he brings this old cheap net, and I thought, "Good lord, that net was so little." It must have was it one of those like uh, small bass fishing type nets? You know, it was like something you would net trout up in. Yeah, that's pretty small. It was small. Yeah, it wasn't very big, not for like carp, right, or catfish. It was it was tiny, way tiny compared to what I really you know would have liked to have had. But once this carp came up, and we got a good look at him. He was a pretty good sized carp. Yeah, and I was like, good lord! And I tried to get that net on his head, and I ended up breaking the guy's net in half. Well, Broke poor it. guy. Yeah, because it was way the cart barely did fit in the net. I mean, just barely get his head in there, kind Oof. of thing. Oh, it was it was terrible, and I felt bad breaking the guy's net, you know. But he insisted, yeah. so. But we got it up, and it weighed about thirty two pounds. That's a pretty nice fish. It nice fish out of a creek. Yeah, that's, I mean, for something that's not twenty feet wide, that's pretty good. Oh yeah, I mean, you, like I said, we didn't know if we'd catch him or not, but we realized there are some good sized carp in Lawson's Fork for sure. And you ended up later, we went back, and you caught one around 29 or so. Yeah, they're surprisingly not the same fish. It turns out there's, like, a good <laughs> handful of carp in there. There is more in there than you think. Yeah, a surprising amount. They, he caught one about 29. He caught a 21. I've caught, like, a 
17, a 15, a 13. I caught one. It was probably 10. So we've caught several out of there. Oh, yeah. And the only problem with Lawson's Fork, for those that are interested and happen to live in this area, they're in there. Now, granted, you might have to wait a long time to get a run. Yes. Because we've gone back several times, and we have had to wait a long time. Yeah, there have been times we went for hours, and just nothing would happen. Nothing. I mean, you get little nibbles. It'd be like a little catfish or yeah. something, you know. But, And we've caught several catfish out of there. Yeah, I've pulled up many catfish out of there. Now, I've heard of people catching bass out of there that were really good size, over 10 pounds out yeah. of that little creek. And I've heard of people catching catfish over there, I mean, out of 10, over 10 pounds. And naturally, there are some big catfish in there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But we don't fish for the catfish out of there very much. Yeah, never, never intentionally, really. No, no. But we've caught a few on carp bait. Yeah. You know, but you can catch them out of there. I mean, they're in there. If mm-hmm. you if you want to catch a catfish, they're in there. Yeah, it's probably a good spot. Yeah, but, you know, I think the reason we got that run so fast that day is we had been throwing our extra bait in there. Yeah. Because we had gone back other times when we hadn't really baited the hole up. And that makes a difference in a, in a, in a creek or a river scenario. Yeah. Because, you know, the fish, if you... Carp have a good memory. If you're baiting up a hole consistently at a certain time of day, after a couple of weeks, they start coming in there about that time of day. Yeah. You know, and as a matter of fact, one night we were, we were down there and I got two or three runs in one night, which was surprising because it's really slow. Yeah. But if you want to fish in Lawson's Fork, and that's why I'm making this podcast is because it's not one of those places you can get a lot of fishing information about. Yeah. But but the fish are there. They're they're in there, but you've got to be willing to be patient or bait the hole up. Right. I mean, we've even gone so far as to boil and put field corn in there. Oh yeah. To kind of try to get them to bite a little bit better. It helps a little, but it, but you have to be I mean, that's a lot of work for people yeah. that might just, you know, want to go by and fish for a little while. Yeah. And I've gone there without baiting it up and fished all day there from like early morning during the COVID pandemic when everybody was locked down. So we went over there and fished at the river one day. Yeah. And we fished all day and got nothing. Perfect fishing day. Yeah, it was beautiful. But we didn't catch a we didn't catch a carp anyway. Yeah. We caught everything but a carp. It can be like that over there sometimes. Yes. And so it is really slow. But now there are some big carp in there. I mean, if in the thirties, there are probably some in there close to forty, I would imagine. Oh, probably. The trouble's catching them. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you really do have to bait your hole up or be extremely patient or catch them when they're coming down the river there and they just happen to circle around. And Yeah. The best times we found is early morning or right before it gets dark. Yeah. That seems to be the best time. Right middle of the day, Ooh. They, they don't seem to bite anything down there. Yeah. No matter how hard you try, you could probably be there forever and never catch you them. You might as well go get early dinner. Right. Come back. <laughs> Order a pizza and sit yeah. out there and... Have some fun, but but they are in there. For those people out there who are interested or curious that live in this area, there are big carp in Lawson's. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, for sure. But you, like I said, you, you could you could wait for an eternity. And you can use other bait, too, to catch uh, carp out of the river. I mean, you can use corn and stuff, but the problem with that is you'll catch just about everything else, too. Yeah, you'll catch 45 brim before you get it. Yeah, so that's one of the other advantages of bullies. You can make a bully, and smaller fish have a harder time eating it. Oh yeah, and you know, I don't. Most people maybe have not seen a boilie, but they're pretty hard. I mean, 
sometimes you struggle to even get the the threading needle through on some of these. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's much more suitable to the current and just dealing keeping the smaller fish at bay. Oh yeah. And we've even thrown, you know, a handful of bullies out there to kind of get the whole, you know, going a little bit. But again, when you fish there at Lawson's Fork right before the dam, the current is moving the the bait and it's flavored down the current mm-hmm. over the dam. Yeah. So there's not like, you know, the fish that are above that location probably have no idea you're even fishing there. Yeah, probably not. It's not, not. like a lake, you know, where it kind of gets more saturated. It just sort of diffuses out. Yeah. yeah so it's while washing downstream. Mm-hmm. So you really do have to bait it up over time or get a little bit lucky. Yeah. You know, because they're not, unless they're just there in the area, you might be waiting a while. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing about that spot. But if you're bored and you, you, you know, don't mind throwing a little bait in there, you can catch them. Yeah, and you could catch a 35-pound carp right out of there. You could. I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people have never caught a carp over 30 pounds. God, some people have never caught a carp over, like, 10 pounds. Right. Well, they're in there. They are they're, That one, I put a picture up of the one that I caught that day um, on the blog about Lawson's at uh, Bait Mix. You'll see at the bottom of the blog, there's a picture of the of the carp I was holding. That's the one that I caught that, that day. We caught others, but that's the one I caught that day. Yeah, that's a chunky fish. Oh, he's a, he's a, he's a fat hog. Yeah, he's a good-looking fish. Now, like I said, uh, you could probably catch some big catfish out of there, too, if you really wanted to. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure they're in there. There's always catfish in them rivers. Yeah, it's hard to even avoid catfish. Oh, yeah. And there's a bunch of little ones in there, too, so you know there's other ones, but you're more likely to catch smaller catfish. But I talked to a guy down there one day and said he, he saw somebody catch one over 20 pounds. I'm sure there's some way bigger catfish than that in there. That's a pretty good catfish just for that. Again, that, that's a place is pretty small, so it's always shocking to pull out a 20, 30-pound fish. Yeah, the only problem with Lawson's, if you do fish there, I, I wouldn't eat the fish. No, probably not, not. No, not out of there. Because if you go to the uh, Department of Natural Resources in your state, they usually have tested the water, and they'll recommend what fish you should and shouldn't eat and how much of it right? out of whichever body of water you're fishing in. And Lawson's Fork is not one of their approved eat the fish out of their spots. You know what I mean? So there's no telling what kind of pollutants could be in the water. I mean, it won't hurt you to, you know, walk in it, wade in it and take your canoe or fish in it, but I'm not sure I'd eat the fish out of there. Maybe not. I don't know if I would. No, I mean, I'm sure some people have. I I probably wouldn't. Uh, I I probably wouldn't hurt you. I mean, I can't tell you I wouldn't. I'm not saying go out there and eat one today, but I'm just saying in a pinch you probably could, but I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, probably Eating too many of them is not going to be good for <laughs> Probably you. Probably not good for yeah. you. Yeah, But it is a nice-looking spot. I mean, there's rocks you can go down below the dam and sit on, and, and in sunshine, it's nice. People mm-hmm. go down there, and they have little picnics and that kind of thing, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, the only thing you got to watch out for is uh, ghosts, possibly, and then right. the, the trees sometimes can be a bit painful. Yes, there are some overhanging trees and all that good. One day we saw a bat down there. I was down there fishing, and there was a bat that landed on a limb in the middle of the day. <laughs> A little old bat. I don't know what the uh, deal was with him. It's but. very comforting to see wild <laughs> mammals in the daylight that normally shouldn't be there. And we've seen snakes down there. Yeah. Now, you can walk down a trail on the other side and go down Lawson's Fork Creek there, and there are other fishing spots. Mm-hmm. But I haven't tried them all. 
Yeah. Just because I don't want to look my gear all the way down through there. Yeah. It's kind of, I'm not sure how good it would be for carp fishing in particular. I know a lot of people take their bass fishing stuff just because, you know, you got like a reel and some, some spinners. Yeah. It's a little less gear. Yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to set up near the shore and get a net and all that other stuff. Right. But you can go down through there. I mean, I see people from Wofford College going over. Apparently yeah. they teach a class over there, or at least they have something to do with one of their classes. Cool. And I've seen entire classes of people walking down that back trail going and doing whatever it is they do. You know, I didn't follow them. Stake them out, you know, kind of, you know, that might be weird. You might even learn something when you go down there. (laughs) The spot has everything. But like I said, you you can go down there. You can catch brim, catch catfish. There's bass in there. And I've seen people catch bass out of there. And um, and there's some good-sized bass in there. But there's definitely some big carp in there if you're willing to wait. Yep. Now, there's other places along that river that are probably better carp spots. But just that location itself, you can catch them there. For sure. Yeah. And I think we mentioned it. It leads into the Broad River, which I don't know if, if you're not from around here, you wouldn't know. But the Broad River, as its name implies, pretty broad. Yeah, it's a it's a much bigger river. Yeah. Yeah, so there's definitely more carp in there. Yep. And probably probably bigger ones, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. Like I said, we I've caught carp out of the Broad River. I'm and and no, and of course Lawson's and we've caught carp out of there as well. So they're in there, and 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 it is a nice place to see it. It's not real grown up. They do cut the grass. You can sit out there and fish, and yeah. So it's not a bad spot. No, it's usually not too spooky. No, but at night you better watch out across the road there. You'll yeah. you'll see the old rundown place. If you start hearing dragon metal over there, I would I, I yeah, probably I wouldn't go in that. there. <laughs> Especially dragon metal in the dark with no lights. Perfect. I mean, it is a little creepy if you think about it. Yeah, I don't like that. The day I was down there, I, I literally was like, what in the world could that possibly be? Because yeah. you really couldn't see anything out of there. That's never good. No, that's never good. I mean, it, I, won't, I won't lie, that was super creepy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it was a ghost or anything, but it does make you wonder. It crosses your mind. You're like, what the heck? Yeah, that's not good. I can't imagine anybody at night in that dark, black, overgrown, building, falling down, just hanging out in there, dragging metal around. That's what I do on my weekends. (laughs) So it it was a little strange, no joke. But anyway, guys, this was a short podcast. I just wanted to kind of give you a heads up on Lawson's Fork or Lawson's Creek or whatever you want to call it down there. Uh, out in, in, at the edge of Spartanburg, off of Emma Cud Road, Emma Cud Road. Uh, so if you take a notion, you want to go down there and give it a try. If you can't find a lot of good information, hopefully this will give you a heads up on what you know what you can expect out of there. And I would recommend using a bully, a cheap bully. Like I said, you can make one just by by going to the grocery store. You can get you some corn flakes and some flour and yeah. cream corn and a couple eggs and some Kool Aid. Oh yeah. And go down there and catch carp out of the river all anytime, really. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot better recipes, but that one's not half bad. Yeah, it'll work. It it, it does work. It's it's really simple and it works great. Yep. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening.